What's going on, folks? Thanksgiving week. How the hell are you? What's shaking? What's going on, guys? I'm here at the uh, at my house. Sorry, it's been late. I got a lot of shit going on. Got auditions and, uh, you know, I had to recover a little bit from being on the road. But got a lot to talk about. We've had nothing but fucking guest episodes lately, so I just wanted to catch up with you guys. Hope you're doing all right. It's Thanksgiving week, you know, you're either staying home and you're going to be lonely all week or you're flying to your family to get into an argument with your grandma. That's just how it is. It's America's holiday, baby. It's, 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 Thanksgiving is not a fucking fun holiday. It's really not. I, I, I feel like I'm miserable every Thanksgiving, no matter what. It starts getting colder, you know, both outside and inside with your fam. You know what I mean? And it, we, we all want to, like, appreciate our family. But it's just, it's so goddamn hard, isn't it? <laughs> I, the last time, I, I think I had, a, like, an all-together family dinner. My, one of my grandmas was there. And uh, me and my brother sat down at the table. And the way she said hello, she looked over at my brother and said, uh, So, how much weight have you gained? That was how she opened it up, which in her defense, you know, elephant in the room is Mark. It's a fair question. But that, you know, that's everybody's family. There's somebody in the fucking family, at least one or two people that's out of their goddamn minds. And if there isn't somebody in your family that's a little in insane, it's probably you. All right. If you got this perfect fucking picture, perfect family, you're probably nuts. All right. People aren't fucking normal. So decided to stay in New York. I got my uh, my roommate slash great friend just flew out today. He took one of the corgis. I got the other one. I'm babysitting um, for the next like two weeks. So I'm home alone. You know, gonna be very depressed. It's gonna be a bummer. You know, you, th that's how it goes. You, you you no matter what, you're fucked. All right. All right I, I gotta ease it up on a lighter note. <laughs> I don't want to put my fucking bullshit on you guys. But I got to tell you, it's been a fucking good couple of weeks, man. It really has. I'm single again. I mean, I've been single for a little while, but, you know, I, I decided I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to start dating again. I haven't been on a, you know, I hardly ever go on dates. I go on like two fucking dates a year. So I decided I'm going to get back out there, you know, do it up, get on the scene. You know what I mean? Um, You know, go get, get a lunch date, get coffee with somebody. I got to get myself back out there. So I'm on the fucking apps again. I'm looking for people to approach in the wild. I decided, you know what? Life is too short. If you see somebody beautiful that you want to talk to, you got to at least wave at them or say hello. Just do it. And now I'm like, you know, I'm walking around with a new mentality. I'm like, let's fucking bother people, you know? No, but not really. But, you know, you, you, that might be the person you want to end up with. We're all sitting at home, like, fucking swiping, like, Oh, well, you know, when is somebody going to come that I'm interested in? And you, you can you see them all the time out in the world. Go fucking say hello. So that's going to be the new motto. 2020 is going to be all about getting what we want. You know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to fucking do what we want to do. Career shit's going well. I got to tell you guys, I saw some unbelievable movies last week. Un-be-fucking-leavable. I saw two of the best movies I think I've ever seen in my life. The first one was The Irishman, Martin Scorsese's new movie. And 
holy fuck, listen, if there's a theater near you playing it within these next two days, it's only in theaters for like another three, four days, go fucking watch it before it hits Netflix, all right? Go watch it. It's a theater movie. It's three and a half hours. There's not a boring second in it. I mean, I was laughing the whole way through. I was fucking leaning forward. It's just so fucking good. It's Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Scorsese's directing, Joe Pesci. It's unbelievable how fucking good this is, you know? And it's it's sad that now everything like is in theaters for three weeks and then it just goes to Netflix because watching it in your fucking house is not the same. All right. You should a movie should feel like an event. You know what I mean? It's like you should be excited. You sit down. You know, you got the fucking popcorn, even though your trainer told you that if you eat that shit again, he's going to beat the shit out of you. But you're not going to tell him, you know, this is how it goes. You sit there, you, you, you watch the trailers, you sit with your friend, you go, oh, that looks pretty fucking good. You know, that looks pretty. Oh, that, that, oh, pff, that looks like shit. But who's going to fucking watch that? You know, who's going to watch that movie? The next Marvel movie that's going to sell billions of dollars. Who the fuck is going to see that? It looks so stupid, you know, but. I'm worried the movie theater experience is dying. I, I fucking love going to the movies. Next time you're alone and it's 3 p.m. and you got nothing to do, go see a fucking movie. Go by yourself. Go enjoy it. Have a fucking good time. Keep that fucking art form alive, baby. But yeah, The Irishman is unbelievable. I, I, I might have to go see it again. You know, when you're watching it at home, it's not the fucking same. The screen is smaller. You, you, there's interruptions. You got your fucking phone. You need to watch a movie in a place where you feel like you can't pull your phone out. That's important. I remember I went and saw Interstellar with a friend of mine when it was out. It was a fucking great movie. Um, and it, my friend was just texting the whole time. The whole fucking movie was just texting. I'm like, I, I'm watching this movie. I'm getting emotional. I'm getting connected to it. I'm, I'm really fucking paying attention. And I, it just keeps getting ruined for me by the fact that my friend's fucking stupid iPhone light is on his face. And I swear to God, when we walked out of there, it really fucking hurt our friendship. I gave him a stern fucking talking to us. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can't sit for two fucking hours? Matthew McConaughey is trying to connect with his daughter, and you can't fucking pay attention? What the fuck is, you know? I might just be insane. But I, I think a few of you get what the fuck I'm saying. But go see The Irishman, guys. It's it's so goddamn good. And it, it it's real. I love movies about family and about people, and it's very much explores masculinity and religion. It's a goddamn great movie. But saw another movie which you can watch today at home, Sling Blade. Holy fuck! I I heard about this movie. It's uh, Billy Bob Thornton. The movie's from the '90s, I think. I think it's from 1999. The guy wrote it, directed it, and started it. He plays this disabled guy. Who's like his? It's his first day getting out of uh, a mental institution because he killed his mom and and, and uh, her lover. And oh my god, the movie is so fucking good. It's so it's like every every line of dialogue is just so good. It's it takes place in the South. The characters are great. It's funny. It, it's just such a good movie. Do, do yourself a favor and watch it if you haven't seen it. And also recommend some goddamn movies to me. I saw. Um, Lately, this is my new favorite thing. I got this nice couch. I got this nice TV, cozy living room. I come home late at night, put a movie on, and I just enjoy it. And I, I got to tell you, it's this is going to be something I do for the rest of my life. Really one of the simple pleasures. It's so nice, you know? So throw some movies at me. I just watched, uh, what's that classic one with James Dean? God damn it. What is that fucking movie with the... Uh, 
Rebel Without a Cause. I watched that recently. Pretty good, you know. I, I'm about to watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's next on my list. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to watch that. That I'm excited about. I just, I love movies. And I, I hope people stop texting and sitting on fucking Bumble while they're, you know, while they're watching everything. We, we got to slow down as a society a little bit, I think. But speaking of Bumble, but I, it feels like Bumble's on its way out, doesn't it? I, it feels like it is. It was, I remember when Bumble came out, it was this huge idea. Oh my God. The women are going to message us first. Are you fucking kidding? The women are going to message us first. This is this is amazing, right? Women were excited. Oh, my God. It's, it's about time we get the power. Now we get to be the creeps. We get to say the first thing. This is the new way, right? Women did that shit for nine minutes. <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, that was fun. Uh, can we just go back to men doing everything now, please? That'd be better. Yeah, it, Bumble died out so quick, I feel like. And also, it's like we realized women aren't better at shooting that opening shot. We're all just shooting disappointing opening shots at all times. We're all just going, hey, and the other person goes, hey, and then you go, what are you up to? And then that's the end of the conversation. That's every fucking online dating conversation is three lines, and then somebody gets busy, or they get a call or a text or some other thing, and it's done. That's it. And because the problem with this online dating is it's not an in-person conversation where somebody is standing in front of you and you kind of owe them the common courtesy and responsibility to speak back to their face, you know, whereas in that you don't owe them anything. It can die at any second. And unless both of you are looking at each other going, oh, my fucking God, I'm so attracted to this person. I really want to meet them. It's never going to fucking happen, you know, and especially at, at around like 22. Well, once it, once it's in the 25, 26, 27, people start getting a little more serious about actually finding somebody. Then it's a little different. I, I think it's easier then. But at the at younger ages, it's really a motherfucker. You know, I'm thinking to set my uh, my filters to be up a little higher in age. You know, something like 45 to 54. You know, just somebody. You know, I don't want I don't want somebody with too strong hips. <laughs> but yeah. You know, I also I'm about to turn fucking 23 in December. It's it's kind of insane. I'm getting fucking old, man. I'm getting old. Like I can't I'm a tired old man. I don't want to do anything. I literally have people coming over in an hour to play Monopoly. That's how fucking old I am. You know? I don't want to do I just do I do shows, I do some acting work and that's it. I you know, a little writing. I don't want to go to bars anymore. Every once in a while, I go to bars for a different reason now. I don't go for the 2 a.m. Let's try to find people now. Now I go 9 p.m. I want a glass of wine around a couple of grown-ups. That's really it. That's the only reason I go to bars now. The type of bar has changed. You know, it used to be, let's go someplace fucking loud, dude. Let's fuck, let's, dude, let's just fucking put it all out there on the dance floor tonight, man. I want to fucking dance with the bros, dude. That's what it used to be. Now, fuck that. Nah. Every once in a while, you get in that mood. Let's fucking dance it up. But no. Not even, I, don't, I'm, I don't want people bumping into me. You know what I mean? The constant fucking... I, I'm too old for that shit. Certain, a good dance floor feels full and nobody's bumping into you. Everybody's got a little bit of space. It's a hang out with your three, four friends. You know, you can dance with them. That, that's what you want. It's a very delicate line. 
you know, now it's it's different though. I want a bar where I can have a cocktail. I can sit like a fucking adult. I can have a conversation. That's nice. I enjoy that. It's, this is, but this is, but the point I'm making here though, this is me now. I can't imagine what the fuck I'm gonna be like at 28. I mean, good luck getting me to do fucking anything at 28. You know what I mean? I'm already getting pretty set in my ways. But I don't know. You guys, how how are you guys? You doing okay? What else has been going on with me? I got fucking. Uh, I just, I, it's the winter. I think that's what it is. I'm just getting pissed at the winter. But I'm doing good. I've been training fucking three, four days a week with the boxing trainer. Shout out to my guy, Harrison Barba. You might have seen him on one of my Instagram posts, man. I'm trying to get fucking jacked. It's probably never going to happen. I'm going to be a fat fuck forever. But, you know, I don't think these thighs are going to go anywhere. No matter how much I lose, I think I'm going to always have a little bit of extra bear meat on me. You know what I mean? But that's fine. That's all right. But, you know, I, I also just I'm such a fat person at heart. I mean, I'm literally sitting here in front of me. It, it looks like a graveyard of Coca-Colas and sodas. You know what I mean? It's This is this is where, where food comes to die is, is at my house. So what are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to do? You know? But yeah, good movies. What else has been shaking with me? Staying home for Thanksgiving. I th- you know, getting back on the dating scene. I'm really trying to find a fucking wife. Every Every person I say that to just thinks it's insane, but... You know, I've, I've I've had this, I've had the sex, I've had the fucking the big wild nights. I, 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 I'm trying to bring back settling down, because our generation, we don't do it at all. Nobody wants to do it anymore because it's so much easier to just keep your options open and you keep you know hooking up with other people. You don't have to commit to anybody. That really feels like that's the way everything's going. But I think the harder thing to do is to pick somebody that you want to be with, you know, pick that one person, decide that you're going to be with them, put your energy, your personal life energy into making that work. You get us, you know, you have great sex together. You keep things interesting. You have good conversations. You push each other, you push each other to be better. You know, maybe if it's not working out, you push them off a bridge. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Things don't work out. Sometimes you get a Siamese cat, you know, you you have the Siamese cat for two years. Everything's going good. You get yourself a little fucking Doberman, somebody to protect the house. You know what I mean? That's what I want. I want, I want a fucking, I want a person. I don't want to say ride or die because I feel like it's a played out term now. But I want to build with somebody. You know what I mean? I was I was talking about this on the Patreon episode with Hannah Burner. I'm I'm trying to get. I'm, I I put the word out on the street. I was like, all right, if you know a fucking funny, beautiful chick who's possibly Russian Jewish, maybe not, doesn't have to be, you know, I'm open, let me know, because I'm trying to fucking build, because that way, you want to have your personal life situated, and relaxed, and easy, because I spend a lot of, I think it's very much a single thing, I don't know if it's, if it's the same with women, as it is with men, but I spend a lot of mental energy, just like, all right, Am I going to get laid tonight? Who am I talking to tonight? Like, what, you know, what's going to happen? That It distracts you from your work. It distracts you from the shit that you actually need to be doing. You know, it, it's immaturity. It's just constantly. And also, I'm a horny motherfucker. Like, I wake up horny. It, it lasts for the whole goddamn day. And I'm like, all right, we got to do fucking something. All right. But that's the thing. I want, I want just that. I want a little fucking balance and a little bit of grounding in my life. You know what I mean? But it's tough. You can't you can't have that just as soon as you want it. You can't you can it's a lot easier to find sex 
than it is to find love, you know. But what are you going to do? You, you got to fuck, you got to, you know, but the, the, only, the thing you can do, this is what we're going to do, Young Daddy Nation. We're going to fucking put ourselves out there. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to stop expecting shit that we want to come into our lives. I'm not going to just sit around and wait for this gal to show up. I'm going to get out there. All right. I'm going to fuck. I don't want to go out, but you know what? I just might have to. I just might have to. All right. Might have to sit at the bar and strike up a conversation with a beautiful curly haired stranger next to me and go, hey, how you doing? What's your name? And he goes, it's James. I go, hey, James, what do you say to uh, being my wife? And that's that's how it goes. You know, that's life. I, d- I also uh, I just did a college show the other day, my first college. Just so you know, I'm bookable to come play your fucking college, all right? As long as you you, you guys aren't going to be a lame-ass crowd where it's going to be super sensitive. I say some pretty crazy shit on stage. You know, it's a fun time. But uh, I did this college, I got to tell you. The people that organized it, <laughs> very nice people, sweet people. I mean, great kids, you know, but... What this show? It really dropped the ball on this show. It wasn't even their fault. I mean, I get there to this school. It's in like Pennsylvania. I'm there for one night. The fucking hotel room is terrible. Like I check in, and uh, it's a Howard Johnson, which I got to tell you, fucking terrible hotel chain. I I walk in. It's like eleven in the morning, and there's nobody behind the front desk, and there's just a phone, and it says, "If you need help, call zero. So I'm standing alone in this fucking shitty hotel lobby. I call Zero. Just a, a tired woman just answers. She goes, hello. And I go, hey, uh, I just wanted to check in. She goes, yeah, check-in's not till 3 o'clock, so come back at 3 o'clock. And I said, well, hang on a second. I said, listen, I'm here for one night. I'm headlining a show. I'm not coming back at 3 o'clock, so I'm going to check in now. And she goes, all right, hang on a second. And then she comes back over. I'm waiting for like five minutes, right? She comes back. She goes, all right, what's the name? I give her my name. She goes, I don't have any reservations under that. I go, God. I go, first of all, why are you talking with this grizzly voice? You're, you're 27. And she goes, this is, this is what Pennsylvania does to you. That's what she said. So I was like, all right, I'm here for the college. Does that help? And she goes, all right, I have one room open. They said it's for Pamela. Are you Pamela? And I said, I, yes, sometimes I do go by Pamela. And she goes, all right. I'll get you in there. So she fucking checks me in. The room is fucking terrible. I mean, the bathroom, the sink is like outside of the bathroom. Just very fucking weird. You know, it was everything feels like starchy. The the fucking bed. You you know, you, you know when you lay in a hotel bed and you're like, somebody did die in this. I can feel it. I can feel the energy that somebody died in this. I don't know if that door locks all the way. It's one of these kind of fucking hotels, you know. Everything feels like haunted. So that was it. And then uh the the room I'm playing, I mean, this is <laughs> this was actually a pretty hilarious show. But the room is on the college campus. It's a Saturday night. It's like 7.30, which is real early for a comedy show. It's fucking pouring rain outside. So I'm already thinking, all right, this is, this is going to be rough, you know? And uh, I show up. It's a theater. The room seats about 200 people. You know, 200 people, which is like good-sized crowd. They're expecting about 200. Um And here's the funny thing. When they dropped me off at my hotel, the girl driving me was like another college student. And she was like, "Uh, what time do you want me to pick you up? And I said, well, what time does the show start? She goes, it starts at 7.30. I said, all right. So pick me up at like 7, 7, 7.10. And she just got real sad. And she goes, you you don't want to watch your opening act? And like, listen, I I go on the road like pretty often. It's like, we don't, I don't want to watch anybody, let alone, you know, it's like, it's very rare, you know, especially if it's like a singer. I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch 
sit there for 30 minutes and watch somebody for, for what I'd just get me there I want to just walk straight on stage start the show right but this was not going to be that kind of gig this was not going to be that kind of gig and she said it to me she's like you don't want to watch your opener like it, it hurt her she was a sad and so I said to her I was like yeah, you know, pick me up early. I normally I'd been like, no, what are you fucking crazy? But uh, she said it in such a way where I was like, yeah, yeah, pick me up early, whatever. So I get there to the venue. Um, I can't see how many people are in the show in the the theater itself, right? But the producer texts me and like from the crew and goes, just so you know, it's a little light. I'll be honest with you. I was like, all right. I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's fucking hundred people in there. And I hear the opening act is out there. They're singing. And in between songs, I'm hearing applause. I'm hearing people cheering. You know, it's, it sounds light, but it sounds workable. So then finally, um, it's like about my time to go on stage. And I hear the, the singer say, guys, I'm so excited for your 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 headliner tonight. It, please, his name is Lev Fur. And it, listen, in the business, you hear your name from behind the fucking curtain. You just walk out on stage. You think it's time for you to come out. I walk out on stage. The whole band is still on stage. They're like wrapping up their instruments, like right front and center, you know, and I looked out the crowd and immediately there was this vibe like, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to be out here yet. And I literally just said, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And everybody laughs in the crowd. Twelve people. Maybe maybe even less. Maybe there's like eight people in the audience, a room that seats 200, a theater. There's eight people and they're scattered. They're all over the fucking theater. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. And then I immediately was like, all right, fuck it. Like, do whatever you want on this show, you know? So I'm like, I'll be back. And I just walk off as they're still wrapping up. And then they come out. They bring me. So now the audience has already seen me. The surprise is gone. You know, the fake surprise. Everything. It's gone. You don't want that. So now I'm walking out again like a schmuck to a room of people that's already seen me. And there's about fucking eight people in the crowd, right? And I walk out. I just start kind of joking right away. They're laughing. Things are going fine. And then the opening act, the whole band comes and sits down. And then I realize the whole fucking audience is the people who booked me. It's the crew. It's like this student council. It's them and their parents. So it's like literally about 13, 14 people at this point. I got to do 45 minutes on stage. I'm doing 45 minutes to such a small room. Now, the nice thing, put yourself in that situation, you know. Now, the nice thing is coming up in New York, I mean, when you're two, three years in, in comedy coming up here, like you're playing fucking open mics, you're doing shows sometimes with one or two people. You know, one time I did a show where literally two people were in the crowd. And as soon as I got on stage, one of them got up and left. And literally, it, I was just going, hey, how you doing, man? You ever, you ever been talking to your girl? And, you know, you have to work one person. What are you going to do? You can't stop the fucking show. So it's brutal. So. But luckily, this like you know, they were a strong thirteen. They were laughing at everything. They were really good. I could tell they were mostly fans, you know, that listen to the pod. And it's a private show, so I didn't promote it or anything, you know. But uh, but yeah, so I'm up there and I'm zigging and zagging. Everything's kind of hitting. I'm working on new jokes. I got this, you know, a lot of new stuff. I'm really excited about. I checked the clock. I'm, I still have like three bits. My big closer, which takes about like five minutes on its own. I'm already at 45 minutes, so I'm like, oh, shit, this has been a breeze, you know. Um, kept going. I got off stage at about 54 minutes. It was a good show, and then, uh, you know, everything was good. Everything rocked and rolled, and then I go downstairs, and uh, the whole, basically the whole audience just came downstairs to the green room because they were like, hey, we produced this. Like, thanks for coming. Here's your money, et cetera, you know. 
But uh, it could have gone a lot fucking worse. I'll tell you that. But sweet kids, very sweet kids. And then after they're they're all like twenty one years old, you know. And I was like, so what the fuck is there to do in this town? There's one. They're like, well, there's one restaurant where you can go eat. And this nice kid is like, uh, we're, I'm actually going to a college party later if you want to come. So go to, you can go to the restaurant, and then we'll meet you at this party later. And I was like, all right. I, I, this, this is a long, uh, long tale, I'm telling you. But, you know, stay buckled, folks. So I go to this fucking restaurant. It's called, like, Ted's Restaurant. I order uh, buffalo shrimp and a chicken parmesan. I mean, you can't fuck up a chicken parmesan, right? Let me tell you something. In Hershey, Pennsylvania, they sure fucking can. All right? Fucking... The, the worst meal I've ever, I think I've ever had in my life. I mean, it was so awful. The food was terrible, fucking tasteless. It was like all gross. And then you know this guy next to me just starts a conversation. The people are so nice, but this guy's like, "Oh, that looks delicious," and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's uh, it's really great." How was your dinner? And he goes, "Oh, it's really great." I go, "That's awesome, man." You know, because what the, th- this guy doesn't know better. He doesn't know what what's out there in the fucking culinary world. I mean, I made a chicken parm at my house recently. Blow your mother's socks clean off. It was fucking unbelievable. I, I, oh my God. You might have seen the pictures on IG. It's fucking incredible. So it was awful. But then I go to this college party and it was, uh, it was like all these, you know, 20, 21 year olds, maybe even 19. And I've never felt older in my fucking life. Holy shit. Like I walked in, I was like, where do you want my cane? <laughs> I'll put it wherever you want. The word got around real quick at this party, like that kid, that's the comedian who's in town, whatever, you know, and like these two girls walk up and they're like, hi, I'm Maggie. And this is Maggie. Two girls named Maggie. They go, we heard you're a comedian. And I go, yeah, yep. I'm a comedian. And they go, tell us a joke. Be funny. Literally what they're saying to my face. And just then this other gal, you know, waddles over, gets in the middle, pushes them aside like she's Moses, looks at my beer and goes, hey. Give me your beer. I want to sip. And I was like, what? Fucking no. I was like, who does that? And she went, oh, uh, and then she turned and walked off. And now uh, I'm seeing she's like talking to some dudes, like some big like lacrosse playing motherfuckers. And I hear them looking at me going, what's this guy's deal? What's his problem? So now I'm a fucking dude in town. I don't know these people. You know, I know how to fight, but these are all like fucking, you know, lacrosse players and athletes and shit and they're all like six foot six giant dumb motherfuckers you know what i mean so i'm like oh my god is this girl gonna start a fucking problem because i don't want to let her have my beer and then i'm seeing the kid who invited me. he's like no no he's cool you know he's he's a good dude whatever so but this is like i i, I never went to a college party before i just missed that whole thing a part of life you know what i mean because i was just straight in new york I was grinding. I was doing my fucking career just right off, you know, at an early ass age. So I never saw that shit. But I got to tell you, I didn't fucking miss it. Holy hell. That was like the thing about college is it's where adults just don't want to deal with you yet when you're 18 to 22. So they send you to a place where they don't have to deal with you yet. And that's college. It's like an incubator for fucking four years, you know. And then you get out of there and they go, how about we, how about you go somewhere else for another three years? You, don't you, you, don't you want to do grad school? You know what I mean? I wonder if I'll even give a shit if my kids go to college or not. I just, all I care about is that my kids have a passion that they want to go for. And that's really it. But yeah, I uh, ended up, I sat there just, I picked a, a spot on the couch, 
pulled up the boxing match that I wanted to watch, just watched it, and I got the hell out of there, and that was it. Nice kids, though. Good kids, you know. Good time. Um, but, yeah, book me for a college show, baby. I'll come out. But, yeah, that was pretty much the, the last week. Good movies, a few gigs, been doing shows every single night. I'm back in New York for a while. I'm going to be here for the holidays. Um, and, yeah, let's jump into some fucking fan emails. As always, guys, if you're enjoying the show, you already know, take a fucking second, send it to a friend, post it to your Instagram story. You know what I mean? Tweet at us. Put a fucking quote out there. Do what you want to do, all right? And uh, I saw you guys left fucking five stars review reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate that. We're up to like 1230 or something. Keep that coming. And if you have an email, send it into the show, yungdaddyshow at gmail.com. And if you're sending it from the Patreon, if you're a part of the Patreon gang, add. make sure you send that in the subject. I'll make sure to answer it on a Thursday email or I'll get to it quicker. Um, as always, the Patreon, it's once a fucking week. You get a free episode, or not a free episode, but a bonus premium episode. A lot of great guest episodes on there. If you haven't heard the Patreon episodes and you're a fan of this podcast, I got to question your fucking judgment. All right. Go join the Patreon. It's only five bucks a month. It's like a dollar an episode, you know, an extra one every single week. Go, go be a part of the family. You can go comment on episodes there. We got a whole community up there. So go be a part of it. Um, and let's jump into these emails, man. Let's do it. This one's called, uh, I put some good ones aside that I actually wanted to read. This one's called One of the Bros. Daddy, I recently moved to Arizona, so I downloaded Tinder and met a guy that's super great and get along with super well. He said that his roommates love having me around and he willingly hold my hand and initiate the cuddles even in front of his roommates. I said, goddamn, bitch. When I'm over at his place, they treat me like another bro. Chill, watch sports, so on. I love how chill it is to be around him, but I also want to feel a little more special. This is the second time I'm trying to change that. How do I make him realize that it'd be nice to do something to make me feel a little more special than just another bro hanging out with them every time? They're all into sports, and I won't take time away from that, but it's been four to five times that we just watch a game at his place. I love how fun and chill they are, but they also don't want to be in a situation. I don't want to be in this situation for months thinking the situation will fix itself. Love your podcast, and please come to Phoenix. All right, listen, you're not going to like my response to this, but I think it's going to be important for you. He's hanging out with all of his guy friends. All right. They like doing what they like doing. All right. They 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 have a thing. They enjoy doing it. They like watching sports, whatever the fuck it is. I'm not a big sports guy myself. However, I think it's insane to expect this guy to change the hobby he likes relaxing to with all of his friends. The thing that's like a tradition for him before you. I think that's really fucking dumb. All right. What you should do is instead, when you don't want to do that, have your girlfriends and go hang out with them and do the shit you guys want to do that your boyfriend's not going to do with you. Not all of your enjoyment and all of your like, you know, hobbies should also fucking, you know, be in sync with your partners. You guys should have room apart and time apart when you do different shit. So he he doesn't need to make you feel special during this time. I'll give you a good example. Um a girl hit me up, and she was like, uh, I, I, was, "I was basically the plan was I was going to watch boxing matches. I love boxing, one of my favorite things in the goddamn world. With all my friends, we were watching like UFC fights and boxing. We made a big plan. We invited friends over. It's all guys. We're having beers. We're watching the fights. We're all just hanging out, you know, having guy time. And uh, this girl texts me. She goes, "Hey, I don't really want to be alone right now. Is it cool if I come over?" I said, "Yeah, of course, no problem. But just so you know, I want to give you a heads up. It's a bit of a guys' night." We're watching fights. That's going to be what we're doing. 
I hope you know I'm not going to be like entertaining and fun. We're all just hanging out and doing this. And she goes, yeah, no problem. Then she comes over and I could very clearly see that this that that part did not register for her because I'm sitting down trying to watch the fights. And instead she's like, no, come over here. Sorry, excuse me. She's like, come over here. Sit with me like in a separate room. And, and I could tell she's also been fucking drinking. And immediately I'm like, oh, God damn it. You're just completely ruining what this is. You know, it was just so childish and immature and irresponsible. And it's like, don't put you. I told you what I'm doing tonight. It's not my job to f- change it to, you know, just be customizable, catered to you. All right. That's just irresponsible. If somebody makes a plan and they're doing it with their friends, it is what it is. You got to let them do that thing. You can either decide to go and do that or what you could also do, bring some girlfriends over you know, and, and you guys all hang out and you guys can do your thing. They can do their thing. It changes the vibe up a little bit. You know what I mean? But I just think it's silly to expect these guys to do this shit. And also, he's he's relaxing. The truth is, when we're hanging out with our guy friends, we don't want to just be all over you. There's times that we want to be cuddling and times that we want to be doing all this shit. But this is not the time for him to be making you feel special and et cetera. All right. What you should do is when you, you want to feel special and be the two of you, go go get dinner alone. Go take a walk alone. Go fucking go do couple shit. That's what you need to be doing. Tell him like, uh, you know, and if, if your question is, how do I do more datey stuff with him? Just bring it up. Be like, hey, let's go get dinner next week. That's all you got to do. Let's go get dinner. I want to I want us to have a nice dinner together. Do some shit like that. Or let's go take a walk in the park. Let's go to a museum. Just voice it because he probably thinks that everything is chill and relaxed and that's all you got to do. But don't rely on all your fucking happiness from your partner. It's a bad dependent thing. I'm not necessarily saying you're doing that. I'm just letting you know. You know, you don't want to don't try to change the things that he enjoys doing with his friends because it's only going to create fucking problems. That's a slippery slope. You start separating him from his friends. His friends start to fucking hate you. Then it just ends up being the two of you and you guys are fucking miserable together because you don't have good boundaries and you don't do shit by yourselves. All right. I'm just telling you, be, you know, voice that you want to do other shit, but don't do that other shit in the times when he wants to do this stuff with his boys. Like if, if every Sunday night, he has this tradition of hanging out with his friends once a week and doing this. Let him fucking have that. I promise you in the long run, it's going to be better for you. All right? I hope that was helpful. Um, I think that was one of the realest emails I've ever answered. The next one. Is a cheetah always a cheetah? I don't know. Let's find out. She goes, hey, daddy, love the pod. I started listening after I heard you on J Train. Side note, I'm not on the Patreon yet, so please read on the regular show. You got it, baby. Um, shout out to Jared Freed. Great, dude. So for background, I'm a 21-year-old college student. I met this guy through mutual friends, and we instantly hit it off. It was just, look at look at you guys out here just hitting it off with folks. Good for you. Uh, it was just so easy for us to talk, and now I'm definitely starting to have feelings for him. We've been talking and have hung out one-on-one without the friends I met him through. Everything seems great, but here's the catch. A year ago, he had a serious girlfriend, and he cheated on her. Now my friends are warning me that he's not faithful, and if he did it once, he'll do it again. I don't want to be the kind of girl who thinks he can change, thinks they can change a guy, but I do think everyone deserves a chance. Am I right in thinking this way, or am I just setting myself up to get hurt? I'd love to know your thoughts. Oh, it's tricky. There's, it's, it's honestly, like, I feel like it's a 50-50. Some people think that once a cheater, always a cheater. It's just like the guy, you know, the guy knows he's going to be able to probably get away with it. It is what it is. But at the same time, I, and when, when a girl tells me 
that she has cheated before, it is kind of a judgment that I keep in the back of my mind, you know, of like, and when a girl tells me she's cheated before, immediately the conversation I have with myself is, all right, if this girl cheats on you, you better not be surprised because it was already there. However, I do agree with you that everyone deserves a chance. You never know. I, I have had friends who have cheated before and wouldn't do it again. And the reason they did do it was because they were in a terrible relationship. It was already at the end, you know, and one thing they were drinking with somebody they wanted to fuck and one thing led to another. And, and that's what happened. Probably most people in their lives will, you know, maybe cheat at some point. It, 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 I think I'm with you in that everyone deserves a chance. Uh, try not to let it poison your, your image of somebody. If you're going to be with somebody and, and you want to give it a real shot, you got to go all in. You got to drop all the fucking toxicity, all the subconscious fears. You got to leave that shit in the door and you got to go in vulnerable and you got to understand that when you're dating somebody and you're really jumping in that pool, you got to do just that. You got to really jump in that fucking pool. All right. Don't put the floaties on. Get in there. Understand that dating somebody is a fucking risk. You know, there's high reward and there's high chance of it going wrong. And that just is what it is. And you can't be upset when it doesn't fucking work. All right. So just keep that in mind. But keep in the back of your head. If you do get cheated on. All right. You know, just don't let it fucking blindside you. There's a chance it could happen. So don't be fucking shocked. All right. That's all I'm saying. But at the same time, don't let this fucking poison a chance at having a good thing with somebody. And also feel free to talk about it with them. Be like, hey, you know, I was just a little concerned. You said you cheated. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Why did that happen? Do you feel like it would happen again? Have these conversations. Ask them. Ask the person the tough questions, folks. Ask them. All right? Let's do this one. Uh, Are we hyping it up too much? Hey, love. All right, so my friend took a job promotion through our company and just very recently moved across the country for relocation. We've been friends for roughly a year now, and the week before we moved, we hooked up. By hooking up, I don't mean we had sex, but fooled around some. Well, since then, we've been texting every single day from morning until night. We've been texting and swapping pictures because he'll be visiting in December. We've been talking about sleeping together and how hot it's going to be. We've been describing things we're going to do to each other. My question is, are we hyping this up too much? We've never slept together before. I mean, what if it turns out to be awful and we're going in expecting it to be some hot fuck fest? Is it a smart idea to give such high hopes when we have no idea? Granted, he lives across across the country now, but we still have a good friendship. Love the show. Any advice helps. Listen, everything you're going to say in sexting is going to be hyping it up. Every, that's that's what sexting is that's all you're doing is you're hyping it up and the first time you fuck somebody is typically going to be the weakest time you fuck somebody so it doesn't matter the sexting is like uh you say the shit and you, typically none of that shit even comes into the bedroom it's all fucking hearsay all right you say it you have fun while you're sexting you jerk off you get into that fucking mindset you get into that zone you enjoy it you know what i mean but it's what it's not, sexting is not like law abiding law what, what's the word i'm looking for law binding you know it's not legally binding it's not like once you guys actually start hooking up he's gonna be like actually i'd like to say to the court that at 8 53 on tuesday she promised that she would put a finger in my ass while she was blowing me and she did not do that okay she said she was gonna do it and now she's not doing it it doesn't matter you're both gonna be a little nervous a little anxious you're gonna be discovering each other getting to know each other don't even fucking worry about that shit. Enjoy the sexting. I say crazy shit when I sext all the time. You know, 
I, I say stuff sexing that I've never even done in real life. It just it, it it's just a part of the game, baby. And nobody's gonna hold you accountable for it. So just have fucking fun, enjoy it. Don't worry about that shit. And let's do the last fucking email. Also, just so you know, guys, just so you fucking know, I love you. All right, I fucking love you. I'm lo- you know I'm looking out for you here. I love you guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, last email. Hey, Lev, I'll try to keep it short. I was with my ex for six years. Every uh oh, everyone loved him, and two months ago he asked my parents if he could marry me. Then October seventeenth comes. We were talking regularly all day, and he said he's coming over. And what I want for dinner? The hour later, he comes over with no food, and I tell my parents and I he can't marry me, and ha- or he tells my parents and I that he can't marry me, and he has doubts that I'm demanding, controlling, and emotional. He's no longer in love with me, and then blocks me from his phone and all social media, and says if I show up at his house, he'll call the cops. Any idea on how to move on if I don't have any kind of closure? Thanks so much. Listen, uh, this is like a, a very serious example of cold feet, it sounds to me. Um, that just fucking sucks. That just really fucking sucks. You know, I here you got to, I mean, a six-year relationship to end that way, right? Right when you feel like you're going to get fucking married. That's, that's terrible. You know, really, all you can do is uh, take your time with this. And take care of yourself and, you know, manage your thoughts. Don't let yourself get too depressed. Keep a fucking hopeful attitude that it'll work with somebody else. But you, you got to move on from this. Just just get the fuck out and that's it. You know, and fuck the closure. It Also, it will come. There will be a point where he contacts you again. People, You don't just spend six years with somebody and get to that point and just never speak to them again. So... Just focus on rebuilding you. Let yourself be sad for a while. It's just going to fucking suck. You know, be around your friends and and just keep your fucking head up and push through. And I promise even when it's shitty, you just got to keep pushing through. And that's it. That That's all you can really do. And let yourself acknowledge that it fucking blows. But... You know what I mean? If somebody's willing to marry you and you 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 were in a fucking six year relationship, you learned so many goddamn skills that you're gonna be able to apply to somebody else that you're interested in. So I wouldn't be too worried. All right. Um I would just do exactly that. Just don't contact him again. It it's just shit. It's just like in life, sometimes just fucking shitty things happen. This is not gonna be something that defines you or ends you. So just keep your fucking head up and push through, and that's really all you can do. You know? Don't don't give this motherfucker the satisfaction of letting it get to you. And I'm sure he doesn't even want that. But regardless, don't give somebody else that power to fucking ruin you if by letting by when they step away from your life. That's it. Um, as always, keep your fucking head up, gang. Make it a great ass week. I'll see you on the Thursday episode. I hope you're having a good time with your family. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys don't get trampled on Black Friday by some woman in a walmart you know what i mean let let the savages go in first and then you go in behind them slowly or just order online whatever you want to do but i love you guys take a second leave a five-star rating share the pod tell a friend make sure you fucking have a good little wank sesh tonight and that's pretty much it gang i'll see you soon cheers
Hey, my dark darlings. Hopefully, you've been enjoying our latest videos. We're a small crew here at Something Scary, so we have to make sure that the work that goes into our episodes gets done in order and on schedule. So that's why I wanna tell you about our sponsor, Monday.com. Monday.com is an online teamwork platform that keeps your team connected from anywhere. I really enjoy the visual ease of using Monday.com. It helps banish the demons of confusing email chains or who's doing what and by when. It helps make sure everyone is aligned and on the same page. One of the things that I enjoy the most about Monday.com is that it's customizable. So it feels like it could fit any type of collaboration or industry. Build confidence within your team and reach every goal with ease. Visit Monday.com to start your free two-week trial.